Welcome to the Thrive City Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Ben, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to check us out. At Thrive City Church, we want you to experience a thriving life with Jesus. Wherever you are listening from, we hope that you find this message hopeful and encouraging. Hey, Thrive City family, thank you for choosing to spend a moment with us today. I'm just so glad that you have found your way here with us. If you happen to be new around here, my name is Pastor Ben. I have the honor and the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Thrive. And two of our most important core values here at Thrive City Church are that Jesus is our message and people are our priority. We believe that our love for God is revealed in our love for people. So we believe that you matter to God and you matter to us. I want nothing more than for you to experience a thriving life with Jesus through a personal and a life-giving relationship with him. Uh, I'm telling you, this is not a bait and switch. I'm telling you right up front before we jump into this message, what we are all about. And I hope that this message brings uh, you hope and it inspires you to take a step closer in your relationship with God and in your journey of faith. If you are just joining us, we are now wrapping up a collection of talks that we have been calling Dry Places. And in this collection, we have been talking about the times in life when things are difficult and when God feels distant. Those dry seasons of life where we begin to get impatient and frustrated and hopeless. The first week that we spent together, we introduced the story of the people of Israel and their miraculous exodus from the land of Egypt. Now, as we follow their journey through the desert, we see how they quickly lost sight of the amazing things that God had done in their midst and how their gratitude quickly turned into grumbling. We learned that God will always provide, even if that process that we are in of of reaching the potential that he has for us, even though it can be painful. The second week that we were together, we talked about how our extremities are really God's opportunities and how God is able to use the most difficult seasons of our life to bring about some of the greatest good. We talked about how God is our ultimate provider and protector. And for followers of Jesus, we believe that God has provided through him the greatest provision and protection of all. Last week, we looked at a story that took place at the base of Mount Sinai. We read how Moses went up on the mountain and he was in the presence of God. While he was there, the people got impatient and they decided to make for themselves an idol to worship. You see, their impatience led to idolatry. But thankfully, Moses interceded on their behalf, pleading with God to spare them from destruction, from his righteous wrath. In the dry places of life, I know that you and I can get impatient. And much like Israel, our impatience can very quickly lead to idolatry. We begin to put other things before God. But there is good news 
Jesus has interceded for us, repairing that severed relationship with God, allowing us to experience a thriving life with him. This week, the story continues as God commands the nation of Israel to now move on from Mount Sinai towards the land that he has promised them. And it seems like their journey through the desert is now coming to a close, but in reality, it is far from over. So let me pray for us as we begin our time together this morning. Jesus, we thank you for moments like this that we are able to spend together. I thank you for each and every person that has joined us this morning. I thank you for the things that you have in store for their lives. God, we worship you this morning for you are a God who is present with us. You are not a God who is far off or distant or detached, but you are a passionate and invested and a loving God who desires to have a relationship with us. God, your word says that where two or more are gathered in your name, you are there. So thank you for being present with us in this moment. Jesus, we thank you for the free access that we have to enter into your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide and direct our time together this morning. We ask that you would do a work within our church, within our hearts. We ask that you would draw us closer to Jesus. In his precious name we pray. Amen. A few weeks ago, we had this great experience. Some of our Thrive City team had the chance to gather together to spend some time in prayer, not just for our church, but really for our city. We ended up meeting together on this beautiful rooftop in downtown Syracuse. We had this great view of the city and it provided this great backdrop for us as we spent some time together worshiping and praying together. And it was just this wonderful experience except for the blazing hot sun. It was one of those beautiful days in Syracuse when the sun was on full display, one of those days that we often uh, take for granted in the cold, dark wintertime. But as we were praying, I could feel the top of my bald head just get hotter and hotter. And as we were praying, I kind of had to come to terms with the fact that I was going to look like a cherry tomato for the next couple days because I just knew that I was going to get a sunburn. It was hot. It was hot. And the minute that we finished praying, we were up there maybe 45 minutes or an hour, but the minute that we were done praying, everybody just kind of made a mad dash for some shade, for some water, and for the closest cold drink. I'm sure you've experienced something like this in your own life. Have you ever been so hot or so dehydrated that the only thing on your mind that you can think of is getting a glass of water. It's the only thing that you can think of. Maybe you were outside doing hard labor or yard work or exercising, and all of a sudden, poof, it hits you. Ooh, I do not feel good. I need to sit down. I need a drink. Somebody could have come to you and spread out before you the world's best food, but you would trade all of it for a drink. And in that moment, there is nothing 
There is nothing that could satisfy you more than a cold glass of ice water. You see, when we are dehydrated or we are overheating, our bodies essentially begin to go into this survival mode and replenishing our supply of water becomes for us the top priority. It becomes all that we can think about. And all of a sudden, nothing else matters as much as water. It is the one thing that we need the most. Well, today we're going to talk about how the same thing happens to us spiritually. And when we journey through these dry places in these dry seasons of life, when things get difficult and God seems distant, we begin to get thirsty. Our focus begins to shift. We begin to understand what matters most. So let me ask you this morning, in this journey of faith that we are on together, what is the one thing that matters the most? What is the one thing that you and I need above all else? We're going to talk about that more this morning, but we are going to jump back into the story that we have been reading together in the book of Exodus. We are in Exodus chapter 33. We're going to begin in verse 1. This is taking place as the nation of Israel is still camped out around the base of Mount Sinai. Verse 1 says, The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now, take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Man, what a plot twist. What a plot twist. There is good news and there is bad news. First, God commands the people to now move on from Mount Sinai, where they have been camped out, where Moses has been receiving the law of God and then distributing it to the people. God is now commanding them to move on into the land that he has promised them. This is not a promise that God has just made to them, but this is a promise that God made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. For generations, this has been a land that God had promised to his people. This is what they have been waiting for, 
for generations. And God even said, I will drive out anybody who stands in your way. Go up, go into this land flowing with milk and with honey. And you might be thinking, that sounds extremely messy and sticky. But what God is saying, go up into this land of prosperity, this promised land that I have told that I would give to you. However, God also says, I will not go with you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stubborn and a stiff-necked people. You just refuse to learn. You refuse to obey the things that I've commanded you. So while I am keeping my promise to you, I am now withholding my presence. Have you ever felt like this before? Maybe you get in a disagreement or an argument with somebody and you're like, look, just right now, I cannot be around you. You you just, you don't understand. I just need a little bit of space or I am going to snap. On one hand, the people could rejoice in the fact that God was keeping his promise to them. Remember, Moses had interceded for them sparing them from destruction. And now God was keeping his promise to them. On the other hand, God was saying that he wasn't going to go with them. Notice here the reaction of the people. They heard this news and they mourned. They cried out. They lamented the fact that God was not going to go with them into the promised land. Man, this is so interesting. In their journey so far, it has seemed like the most important thing to them was reaching the land that God had promised them. It's almost as if the promises of God had become more important than the presence of God. Remember, again and again, time and time, the people grumbled as they got hungry and as they got thirsty, ultimately falling into idolatry and disobedience. Now, the people seemingly have a change of heart. I want you to write this down as they realize that the promises of God are nothing without the presence of God. The promises of God are nothing without the presence of God. How often do we make this same mistake? How often do we embrace the good gifts of God while neglecting the giver? Our prayers that we pray begin to sound like a checklist of household chores that we want God to take care of, things that in responsibilities that we just kind of push off to him. God, if you would just bring me that promotion. God, please just show me my soulmate, the person that I'm going to marry. God, help me to get that house that I saw on Zillow that I like so much. God, just fix this. God, do that. And while I believe that there is a time and a place for prayers like this, that God cares about those things, we need to understand that just like Israel, the promises of God are nothing without the presence of God. How often do our prayers sound like, God, I know that you have revealed yourself through Scripture. Scripture. 
Holy Spirit, guide me into your truth. Teach me more about who you are because it is you that I seek. It is you that I need, God. It is your presence in my life that I long for. God, it's not just your promises that I'm pursuing. It is your presence that I need. The story doesn't end here. Again, Moses intercedes for the people. He approaches God with a request. If we skip down to verse 12, it continues, where Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I will know you by name. And Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Wow, this is the second time that Moses has interceded for the people of Israel. At this point, Moses was the one who had the closest relationship with God. He was the one who listened to God and followed him as he led the people out of Egypt. He was the one who met with God on the mountain to receive the law. And now Moses is pleading with God. If I have found favor in your sight, please, God, do not depart from us. Here, Moses, in his pleading to God, is saying, your love for us is displayed in your presence among us. It is what sets us apart from other people, from other nations. God, we are nothing without your presence. I believe that this is the posture and the attitude that God wanted Moses to have. So God says, okay, Moses, you have found favor in my sight. I know you by name and I will go with you. Mission accomplished. 
right? This is, this is what Moses had requested. This is what he desired. You'd think that Moses would now run out to the people and tell them the good news. Guys, it, it, there's no need to mourn anymore. We can celebrate for God is now going with us. We are no longer alone. However, Moses takes this moment and this opportunity to boldly approach God with a request. Moses simply says, please show me your glory. Show me your ways. Show me more of yourself. Show me the full weight of your being, your glory, the way that you operate, God. I cannot get enough of you. You see, Moses had gotten all of his questions answered. God had again promised to go with the people and lead them into the promised land. God had affirmed his relationship and his love and his covenant with the people, but Moses wanted more. Each experience and interaction that he had with God made Moses more and more hungry to know him. Of all the things that Moses could have as a leader of this nation, his top priority, the thing that he wanted the most was more of God, more of his presence, a greater revelation of his glory. In the dry place of the desert, Moses could have asked for anything, but he asked for more of God to see his glory revealed. Have you ever fallen in love? Have you fallen in love and experienced the same thing? If so, your story might include something like this. You know, we, we hung out a few times and, and we, we wanted to keep talking and we kept texting and, and we were calling each other. And, and the next thing you know, we realized that we had been on the phone for, for six hours straight. It was now four in the morning. We had to get up for work soon. We just, we just kept talking and talking. We, we just wanted to learn more and more about each other. Whether it be in our relationships with loved ones or with God, Learning more allows us to love more. Learning more allows us to love more. The more that we come to know somebody, the greater our capacity is to love them. I truly believe that you can't love something or somebody that you know nothing about. You can say that you love the idea of something, but you cannot love something truly, authentically, deeply until you actually know it. The story doesn't end here. God, in fact, revealed his glory to Moses, just like he said that he would, where he would, he would pass by him, covering him with his hand until he had passed by so that Moses could just see where he had passed. And it had a really unexpected side effect. We're going to jump down to Exodus 34, beginning in verse 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. And as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. 
Aaron and all the people of Israel, they saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. I mean, I don't blame them, right? But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. When he came out and he told the people of Israel what, was, what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went to speak with him. Man, this is a case of next level sunburn, right? Like me being out in the sunshine, getting burnt on my head, having been in close proximity to the glory of God, the very appearance of Moses began to change, right? Scripture says that Moses didn't even realize it. He didn't even know what was happening until he went down into the people. And if the people had doubted him before, they now had physical proof of Moses communicating with God because his face now reflected God's glory. His relationship with God had become a transformative experience. And while our faces might not glow in a literal sense with the glory of God, I do believe that our lives will reflect the quality of our relationship with God. And as we come to know him, as we come to have a personal and a life-giving relationship with God, our lives cannot help but be changed. The story of scripture is a story of restoration, of reconciliation, a story of repaired relationships. And to be a Christian literally means to be a little Christ, one who reflects with their lives the goodness and the grace and the glory of God. So do you remember how we talked about how water was the one thing that our bodies need the most when we are in a dry place, when we are dehydrated, or when we are overheating? Well, somebody this morning needs to hear that the one thing that you need the most in this dry place, in this difficult season of life that you have been in, the one thing above all else that you need is to know God. It's to have a personal, life-giving, transformative relationship with the creator of the universe. You see, like Moses, we do not need to climb a mountain in order to encounter the presence of God. We do not need to hide our face from him because we have been given free access to God the Father through the work of Jesus on the cross. In the greatest display of love that the world has ever seen, Jesus died on the cross in our place, forever defeating the power of sin and death, mending the rift in our relationship with God, forever allowing us to boldly enter in to his presence. 
Remember, Moses wanted nothing to do with the promises of God without the presence of God. For you and for I, when we place our faith and our trust and our hope in Jesus as our Savior, we forever receive the indwelling presence of God, his Holy Spirit. And as scripture says, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the truth of who God is, revealing to us more of his glory. Like Moses said, God, show me your glory. And much like Moses, our lives will begin to reflect our relationship with God. So this morning, let me ask you, even in this dry place, in this difficult season of life, does your face shine with the glory of God? Can others see that you have been in his presence? Can they see how your life has been changed? Can they see his work in you and through you? Do you shine and radiate the righteousness of God? I implore you this week, to seek God's presence, not in some abstract or, or intangible way, but seek God's presence through what he has revealed to us in scripture and through his spirit. Ask God to show you more of himself, that he would lead you into a greater understanding of his glory. The all-powerful, all-present God of the universe is able to be personally known and experienced through the person of Jesus Christ. If you have never made a decision to begin a relationship with him, I would encourage you to take that step this morning. In fact, we're going to pray together in just a few moments. But first, I just want to remind us as a church this is what we're all about. Jesus is our message. Jesus is our message. Everything that we do as a church must point to him. He is the one thing that we need the most. If Jesus is not in it, we want nothing to do with it. That is what Thrive City is all about, is leading other people to experience a thriving life with Jesus as they come to know God, as they come to experience freedom in their life from their past and their sin and their shame and their addictions and their hurt, as they come to, to, to understand the purpose that God has given each one of us in his kingdom. And ultimately, as we are able to make a difference as our lives reflect his glory in everything that we do. Jesus is our message and we cannot forget that. He is everything that we are about. All we want is more of his presence. God, we don't want your promises without your presence. So God, show us your glory. Reveal to our church more of who you are. Lead us, direct us, and guide us. Jesus, as your scripture says, you are the head of this church. And we are your body. We are your hands and your feet. So Thrive City Church, 
as we take this next step together as a church, as we get ready to meet in person in September, let's hold fast to this truth. Let's commit ourselves to this truth that Jesus is our message, that his presence is our priority. May we reflect his glory, his goodness, and his grace in everything that we do. Again, if you have never made that decision to place your trust in Jesus as your Savior, I would encourage you to make that decision right now as we pray together. Jesus, in this moment, I admit my sin. I admit that I am broken, that I am in need of a Savior. And Jesus, I know that only you can save. I thank you for dying on the cross in my place, taking upon yourself the weight of my sin and my brokenness, that you paid the penalty for my sin, which I so rightfully deserve. Jesus, I thank you for being raised to life on the third day, now allowing me to have eternal life, beginning now and lasting and stretching on into eternity. I submit my life to you. God, I want my life to reflect your glory. Let me learn more about you so that I can love you more. God, I don't want your promises without your presence. Lead me, change me, guide me, make me into the person that you want me to be. My life is yours. In your name I pray, amen. If that was you this morning and you prayed that prayer, I would love to talk with you. I would love to help encourage you. If that was you, just text the word THRIVE to 94000. It's going to connect you with a a quick form. It'll let me know how to get in touch with you, and uh, I'll reach out, and we'll take it from there. All right, church, I love you. I can't wait to see you the next time that we get to do this. It will be in person. Let me get an amen in the chat. It is going to be good. All right, church, we are going to see you soon. See you in September. Thank you so much for listening today. We want to empower you to take the next step towards a thriving life with Jesus. If you're looking to get more connected, head over to our website, thrivecity.church connect. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, and we would love to connect with you. 